I'd like to thank you for inviting me on the show. It's such an honor to be here, and I'd just like to say that when I'm not playing Xbox with my mate Thor, I really like to listen to my favorite podcast, Pop Culture Pasta. Pop Culture Pasta. So, something I like to do is when I'm in the car and I'm out of town, I put on my own playlist and I'm a very random guy. I don't know if you get that vibe from me, but very random in my taste of music. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've decided the person that has maybe the most fascinating music career to me is Jeff Lynn. Who's Jeff Lynn? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) The lead singer of the band known as the Electric Light Orchestra, oh. a.k.a. ELO. ELO. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't let me down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one. And so, I mean, just think about this. Part of this group that has a lot of orchestra within each of their songs. Like, there is some classical instrumentals in their rock songs, and they Mm -hmm. have phenomenal songs. Yeah, yeah. He also... What's the name of that song? Don't Bring Me Down. Yeah. Yeah. He also wrote the theme song to a classical musical known as Xanadu. Get out of here. <laughs> and Electric Light Orchestra is singing backup vocals for Olivia Newton John on that song. <laughs> How bananas is that? And you think, Cody, can it get any crazier? It can. Because so he somehow befriends uh, George Harrison of the Beatles. And it's like, oh, I'm going to do backup vocals on some of your songs. And then. Oh, let's create a super group called wow. the Traveling Wilburys. Uh, and oh, let's throw in Tom Petty and Bob Dylan and Roy Orbison for a good measure. That's a pretty good group. And then he also is a part of um like the Order of the British Empire. So he's not been knighted yet, but he's like in that arena Mm -hmm. so he's been recognized as outstanding by the queen at that time yeah um god rest her soul god rest her soul um but no this dude is everywhere guardians movies um weird musicals with skating i mean wait he was in the guardians movies well his song was in the start of guardians 2 okay mr blue skies i mean the I dude gotcha. just is everywhere, and he had a sweet fro. <laughs> well, now I'm jealous. Yes. As anyone that knows me will att- can attest to, I talk about wishing I had a fro, not a fro. <laughs> That's serious. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I get it. Like, <sighs> my hair stinks. I just, I really wanted a fro my whole life. I would pick it out so hard. Like it would, if I had one, if I could grow one, I would just be like all the time. I'd look like I was on in the straight out of the seventies, man. You and Jeff Lynn. <sighs> Jeff Lynn's all right in my book. Yeah. All right. 
Hello, welcome. This is Pop Culture Pastor Podcast. That was Cody. That was me giving you like a brief insight into my mind, <laughs> especially as I'm driving and then random this. Shut the door! <laughs> Shut it! All right. Uh, welcome. Uh, we've got some breaking news to discuss before we get to our main topic of the podcast. We do have breaking news. I'm so excited for this breaking news. This is big breaking news. As we sat down to record, like it was breaking within minutes. It was. And tell me what's up. What's happening? Okay. So it involves James Gunn and Henry Cavill. Big DC news. Yeah. DCU news. Mm-hmm. Get that E out of here. <laughs> um, so I don't know who I should start off with. I'll start with Henry. Okay. But Henry's uh, response to this or his statement, and then what Peter. Uh, or James Gunn said, because James will reference yeah. Pete Saffron. Okay. Um, but, okay, so this is Henry. On his social media. On his social tonight. media. Instagram post. I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Saffron, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. Mm. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October, prior to hold, their hire. Hold on to that, by the way. Yeah. I want to talk about that line. Okay. So announced the studio told him to announce his return back in October prior to their hire. This news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved in, with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. For those who have been by my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit, but then we must remember Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists, and the examples he sets for us are still there. My turn to wear the cape has passed, but what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride with you all, onwards and upwards. So that's a statement from Henry Cavill tonight. Henry Cavill's out. He is not going to be the new DCU Superman. He will not. Now, uh, before we move on. To what James had to say about it. There was some news I was going to talk about. And I was going to, there was a deadline article sometime in the last week. I think it was deadline that had some pretty strong insinuations that, that maybe all of this Dwayne, the rock Johnson and Henry Cavill stuff was kind of a, it was almost like a coup attempt, like a takeover attempt that all of these things, the rock had been saying about being black Adam two, uh, they're working on a Hawkman movie, getting Cavill back as Superman may have all never been from the big wigs. Like it was all from Dwayne, the rock Johnson and maybe, and maybe Henry Cavill. He does own his own production company. And they helped produce Black Adam um, under the DC banner. But there was a lot of rumblings is what I'm saying because of this article where the strong implication was, was that Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Henry Cavill, and even Gal Gadot, before that Wonder Woman news dropped that they weren't going to do Wonder Woman 3, the night before, she makes this weird social media entry about how much she loves playing Wonder Woman and how much she can't wait to give tell the next part of the story for you, the, for you, the fans. And then the next day, that news dropped. It was This deadline article seemed to insinuate that there was a concerted effort by these stars to use the fans as like kind of a playing a chess piece 
to try and force the Warner Brothers hand. So I think it would have worked out. And maybe Dwayne The Rock Johnson could have seized creative control over DC if this had happened like six months prior. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. So, like, there is a there's a huge vacuum of power when Zack Snyder steps down initially. Yeah, and it has been topsy turvy ever since. And Dwayne had at least championed himself to to be maybe that go to guy. Let me be clear: I don't think they're bad people for trying it. Like it's probably a smart move actually Mm -hmm. because of the vacuum of power and DC was a mess. It was a mess. Warner brothers has been a mess. Everyone knows that. Um, It just so happens that maybe it just happened a little too late. Black Adam didn't do very well overall. The box office is probably not going to make money in the long run. And so it just didn't work out. It really doesn't work out. So here's the sad part for Henry Cavill. We've seen him the last time as Superman he quit the Witcher and he turned down Marvel. So like, listen, the, the rumors were that he was either being Marvel wanted him for it's, it's either Hyperion or the Sentry, whichever one it is. They don't know because we don't know for sure, but he's probably was going to be like the bad guy in the Thunderbolts movie mm. as like a Superman type character, but in the Marvel universe, who's a little like a little different. And like, that's the saddest part is like, is that gone now? Can he, can he come back to that? Because that would be amazing. I would love some Henry Cavill in the MCU as like a darker kind of Superman type character. I think that'd be great, but I don't know if that's gone. That's really sad if it is. Yeah. I, I'm heartbroken for Henry, but yeah, let's get to the good news. What what my friend Jimmy had to say, let's go to James Gunn. Um, He said in a thread, uh, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. So mark it on your calendars, people. Among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life. So the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. But we just had a great meeting with Henry. And we're big fans. And we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Now, do you believe that? Or do you think he's just unwilling to slam the door on the fans who really wanted it. Um, I mean, this could be talking out of both sides of his mouth. Cause Henry Cavill's language was a lot more severe, like that he is done playing Superman. I mean, he basically said that, right? Well, and James Gunn doesn't necessarily say the door is open for him to play Superman. He just said to work with him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's a ton of characters within the DC universe. Like there's a ton of characters within the Marvel universe that he could easily step into a different character. But I think that, um, with him, I I don't know if you need a huge break, um, where like Jason Momoa potentially going to be uh, Lobo. 
I feel I'm going to need a break after Aquaman 2 drops. Yeah, that's still weird to me. Even though I can agree and say, yeah, he's probably more made to be Lobo than Aquaman. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be super weird to just throw him back into the DC universe as a different character. Yes. So I'm happy with the direction that James Gunn has laid out, which reports were this week um, that... Uh, all Superman was going to be axed. All Superman. Mm-hmm. And then James Gunn had said, no, Superman is a focal point. Which, so for me, for DC, he, Superman is what Spider-Man is to Marvel. Mm-hmm. That you know the universe and everything is right when Spider-Man is towards the top of the pinnacle. Um when Spider-Man's garbage, like, interest goes down. So doing Superman, or if you don't have Spider-Man, uh, you lose some fans. If you don't have Superman, you lose a lot of fans in DC. Because there's the big three of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever order you want it. Um, and so you definitely have to have Superman. And going younger... Superman is very intriguing because James Gunn uh, did Brightburn. Yeah. Which was, what if young Superboy essentially decided, oh, I'm not going to be a good presence. (laughs) (laughs) I I never saw that, but I probably should. Um, Um, It was good. This is exceedingly like, look, if you were going to get, if, if I knew we were going to get the news of like Cavill's out, which on one hand is disappointing because I don't think Cavill ever got to be Superman, the Superman from the comics, like maybe a third of the movie or half of the movie of man of steel. Right. And then we jumped the shark. Um, I thought, I think if you were going to get that news, which is disappointing in some ways, this is the best follow-up you could get, which is no, it's not true that we're not doing Superman, that he's not a part of the plans. He actually is a part of the plans. We're just going younger, which, okay, this might just be the Smallville fan and me talking. I think is the most interesting time of Superman's life that the story you can tell, which is the story of him learning to deal with that. He's different while still being instilled with this like Midwestern uh, honor and and vibe that he gets from Ma and Pa Kent mixed with like, oh, by the way, you got to do this all while you're experiencing puberty in an alien way. <laughs> like, yeah, to me, this is the most interesting time of Superman's life. And it's also the most identifiable. So like, how do you, f- how, how do most of us feel as a teenager? especially if you weren't part of the popular crowd, which us geeks rarely were. Um, You feel like there's something inside you that is special. And here's a character who, yeah, there's something inside him that's special, but he has to hide it. He's not allowed to, to just put it out there for his own safety. So he has to hide it and he has to pretend to be meek. He has to be meek, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is, he's very much a Christ-like character, like in design where he's walking around as a God, but he, he has to make that not the front and center part of him. 
And so like it, it, that part of this character, a super boy, I'm really excited about the prospect of a super boy movie. Clark Kent in high school. Yes. Yes. Do that. Yeah. Like the thing that I enjoyed about Batman begins. And so I'm kind of shifting directions a little bit, but is that you get to see Bruce Wayne train and develop the Mm. persona of the bat. Um, And so if you can bring something new to the Superman story that we haven't gotten on the big screen, I think that's exciting. And so younger Superman would be a step in that direction. So the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, Christopher Reeve doesn't play the young Clark Kent. So it focuses on the high school age Clark Kent for about the first, I'd say 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Now see what I think if, if I'm reading this statement, right? What if the, the two thirds of the movie were high school Kent Clark Kent. And then the last third was that transition to Superman. Yeah. Uh, Now. Okay. Now you got me. Now I'm because like, again, man of steel is sort of the same thing. You spend about what first 20, 25 minutes of the movie with young Clark. And then he's all of a sudden grown up and, and broody Clark, you know, like, yeah, he's walking around to Pearl jam tunes, you know, (laughs) with all that glum look on his face, which again, takes me back to Henry Cavill and like how he never really got to be Superman. No boy scout, always cheerful Superman, like impossibly positive right but if you're listening james gunn please have this superman also watch ku football (laughs) or basketball i will settle for that yes yeah i mean honestly if this young superman movie doesn't if it doesn't end with him rescuing some girl's cat out of a tree then i don't even know what we're doing (laughs) in metropolis i don't i don't know what we're doing yeah make it happen captain is this is good news right it's good news for me at least it's pretty big news because it goes the direction that i thought that they should go because with it sounding like the door is closed on at least this iteration of wonder woman the door being closed on this iteration of superman and aquaman we're taking the sidestep out of the Snyderverse. And I mean, I guess you can have it labeled as like a parallel universe or something or a multiverse, whatever. Uh, but let's let's move forward. This shouldn't have been a shock to anybody. This was clearly the direction it had to go. I think this is for the best. I do feel bad for Henry Cavill, though. Yeah. But not for The Rock. <laughs> Oh, please, Henry, please, Kevin Feige, reach out to Henry Cavill now that he's free. Um, so what if Dwayne the Rock Johnson was correct, but not in the way he intended? The hierarchy's definitely changing. It is. <laughs> he turns, he was, he was, uh, it was Dwayne the Rock all along. <laughs> it was James Gunn all along. Okay. All right, that was good. Good breaking news. We usually don't have that. No, here on the pod. So uh, that's good stuff. Hey, um, we're getting ready for our Christmas review. But first, 
we need to hear like so the the movie that won the poll this week was spirited which we're prepared to review yes we are but there was another movie that kind of surprised us that a lot of people voted for and we are nothing if not for the people we are for the people so even if we don't have access for the people (laughs) we didn't want to leave you violent night voters hanging because we haven't seen it and our little town i don't think has that movie uh, we, we haven't seen it. We don't we're think we basic. have a chance to see. We are basic. We're so mid. Is that the kid, what the kids say? We're mid. Anyways, um, but we there is a geek of the round table who has seen Violent Night and would like to share it in a quick mini review. A geek that we haven't talked to in a, quite a long time. Yeah. So it's Jason. We need to go. You know what this means, Cody? We I do know. To the geek phone. Oh, the geek phone. All right, we're here on the Geek Phone with Geek of the Round Table, Mr. Jason Geesman. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. I uh, got my kid, little kids in bed waiting for the older kids to get home from the Christmas party. So oh, we got a window. There's, there's a yeah, window. Yeah, we got a window. Yeah, there's not too many <laughs> creatures stirring here. Um, uh, okay, so we're having you on for a very specific purpose. Um, yeah. There was a, we, we have a poll every week for the next uh, thing we're going to be reviewing Christmas wise. We've had, the, we've been, that's been going on and there was a, an underdog this week that almost pulled it off and they didn't quite, but it got many votes and it was a movie called violent night. Is that, is that the name of it? That's correct. Okay. This is a rated R movie <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I have, I, I, I'm curious to hear about it because here's the thing. Cody, we didn't know what we were going to do because Cody and I haven't seen it. And I don't even know if it's at our theater. Like I probably would have had to go to Kansas city. Yeah. We didn't know how we were going to be able to see it or anything. So when you said, Hey, I've seen that and I could talk about it. We thought, okay, so we go to the geek phone, we bring Jason on and he can fill us in and then thus appease Everybody who voted for Violent Night but won't be able to hear a whole episode on it. And give me enough incentive to watch it. Okay. Yeah. So um maybe we should just we should just run you th- quickly through the the way we review a movie. Like what's the broad what's the broad take on this movie? Like what is this about? Well, if I could just before that, uh I am not who you would typically go to for a review of a movie such as this with a rating uh, like this. Um, The last two rated R movies I saw in theater were Logan and Joker. So this is not something I typically go see, but having seen the previews, I was very intrigued and, and had a couple hours while I was traveling out of town and thought, you know what? Let's do it. So um, let's stop there. I want to know what's going through your head. What intrigued you about this? Because I saw the commercial and I'm like, what is this? Um, I was fascinated by it. I'm not going to lie. What what makes a licensed minister say I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go see this movie? Uh, was it Hopper from Stranger Things? Is it because he's in it? <laughs> you know, that was one thing. I was like, what in the world is David Harbour doing dressing up as Santa Claus? And what in the world am I watching in this preview? First off, it looked in my opinion, it looked hilarious, just the absurdity of it all. Um, and, and it, it isn't one of those trailer, those movies that all the funny stuff happens in the trailer. It is 
I was in a theater in a small town, Kansas, with about five other people. And the entire time we were either uh, doubled up laughing or turning away from the gore of the violence. And it was just, <laughs> it was so fun. Um, and I'm, I, again, I'm not typically, that's not typically my type of movie. Uh, but just from the beginning to the end, you know, this is different. This is crazy. And just enjoy the ride. Okay. So um, obviously, spoilers will lie ahead here. So if you haven't seen Violent Night, you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, you may want to not listen to this part. Uh, but if you if you don't think spoilers, like I I want to see the movie, but I don't think spoilers will deter me. Yeah. Like this is just something I kind of want to see. I've heard good things about it. First of all, I'm surprised it's funny because when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this has like a Silent Night, Deadly Night vibe. I <laughs> thought it was just going to be a weird gore movie, but it's clearly not. And I've heard good things. So give us kind of like the basic gist here. What What is this about? So it is, um, you, you come into this movie right away and you know, Santa Claus is not very jolly right now that he is struggling with some things. In fact, it opens with Santa taking a break on Christmas Eve in a, a, an English pub. Um, and so that gives you just kind of the start of where Santa's at right now. And as he gets back to his job on Christmas Eve of delivering presents, um, you're introduced to this family. Um, at first, it seems like a typical family, uh, uh, a father, mother, and daughter. You soon find out that they are a broken family, um, and they uh, then uh, go to grandma's house, and grandma is portrayed as probably the wealthiest woman in the world running a business that deals with geopolitics, and that's how they make their money, and so that is the family that you go into. Uh, everybody in that family is a jerk, is selfish, <laughs> and is spoiled. And this um, is why Santa's cynical. Uh, this is one of the reasons. Yeah, um, he. Yeah, and they do a great job of portraying why he's cynical, even just in that pub in a conversation he has uh, with a mall Santa who shows up at the pub as well. Um, and so, yeah, he uh, Santa is is bitter. He he talks about the joy in people, the kids' eyes for two seconds, and then they want more, and it never stops. And so, yeah, he's completely cynical. So, um, so just to be clear, he's the actual Santa yes. in this movie. Okay, see, the I didn't even... Santa. That, yes. That's the shock to me. And he's over consumerism. I thought this was yes. going to be like, a, at, at the very least, like a bad Santa type of situation. No. But this no, is the real is, Santa. He is real Santa with real flying reindeer. <laughs> I mean, I say real, um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so he just happens to be in this family's house delivering presents when um, when the bad guys show up. And I say that loosely because basically everybody in this movie is a bad guy except for the little girl. <laughs> even Santa uh, turns out not to be that great of a guy in this movie. So um, while he's there, um, bad guys show up, they take the whole family hostage. Uh, the little girl escapes and he's trying to protect her and her family. And that's when the chaos, the violence, the fighting ensues. And so the rest of the movie is about the hostage situation and him taking out all of 
the so, bad guys. So basically, if I can, if this is fair for me to sum up, this is what if Die Hard took place with Santa as the main character. I was literally thinking that before the podcast. It's like Die Hard, but with Bruce Willis playing Santa. Night. Nice. Oh, I'd I'd watch that. I'm I excited about this now. Like now, I yeah. actually want to see it. Okay, so give me the, the 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 nice list. What's what? Give me the highlights. What what's good about this? Uh, David Harbor, right off good. the bat, naturally incredible. I mean, already love him as Red Guardian. You mentioned Hopper, but man. He he just knocks it out of the park. Like I went in thinking, I'm just going to see David Harbor the whole time, and you obviously know it's him. But the way he plays this cranky, bitter Santa is just incredible. Um, uh, another highlight: um, the um, the matriarch of the family, who I was talking about, is played by Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, oh, Ghost of Christmas's Past. Yes, Christmas and vacation. It took me like two scenes to figure out who it was because she looked very different, and her personality was so different in this character that the only clue I had was her voice. And I'm like, I know that voice. How do I know that voice? And it finally clicked. And I went, Oh my goodness! Yeah, and she is just incredible as well. Um, of course, uh, John Leguizamo. Uh, you may know him as Sid from Ice Age. At least that's what my kids know him as. Um, <laughs> or as Luigi from an incredible Super Mario Brothers movie. That's what I thought. Uh, that was a joke just to get you a bunch of fa- uh, hate mail on <laughs> I was Twitter. like, I, I'm, I'm literally, so we can see Jason. He can't see us. And I, I had to turn around and look at the screen like, wait, what? <laughs> that was good dramatic pause. I was Thank like, what you. just happened? Oh, he's joking. That was a joke. Hey, we're, we're all about entertainment here. Uh, no, but John Leguizamo <laughs> plays a, does a great job as the main uh, villain. Um, the, the directing and the writing is just so on point. And so I had to look up who did it. Um, the, the director is uh, Tommy. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. We're Cola. We're Cola. Yeah. Uh, you might know him from Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Nope. I don't know him. Nope. <laughs> Me neither. Um, and, and he, it's, it's an incredible job. And the, the writers are actually the writers of the Sonic, the Hedgehog movies, oh, uh, nice. Pat Casey and Josh Miller and the same humor. Okay. Not the same, the same levity <laughs> that they bring to Sonic, the Hedgehog, they bring to this violent christmas movie um and and it jokes the the jokes work well because they're not played as jokes um it's just there's a lot of sight humor as well physical comedy and yeah they they do an incredible job in the writing of this so fantastic um is there anything is on the naughty list what's not good about the movie well <laughs> there's most of the acting is pretty good. Um, some of the, the minor characters are like, okay, that, that wasn't as strong of, of a, a, either an actor, actress or a character. Um, one of the bad guys is, I think he's supposed to just be a psychopath, but he's just really, really weird. Um, <laughs> and, and so, I mean, he had some funny moments, but it, they didn't really let anything build up. It was just all of a sudden this guy's acting really crazy and weird. Um, um other than that it yeah um 
there's there's quite a bit of language, a little bit of gore. Okay, quite a bit of gore. Um, <laughs> and so uh, if those aren't your thing, this is definitely not going to be uh, something you want to watch unless it's like me where it's not typically my thing. But if everything else is done so well, you can kind of look past it. Um, but yeah. Is, is there any Christ in it anywhere? Any illusions that this is any, any illusions of the reason for the uh, season? <laughs> you, no, not really. There's no happy um, ending. Uh, well, no redemption. Throw us a bone <laughs> at the nativity scene. Um, hey, all right. Uh, yeah. It's one of the fight scenes. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone gets, beat up with a baby Jesus. Oh um, no, <laughs> not the baby uh, Jesus. At least I grab know. one of the wise men. I could be wrong. It might've been another piece, but I'm pretty sure it was a baby Jesus. Um, and so uh, again, it's, it's done hilariously. Um, if you have a sense of humor, you'll be fine with it. Um, Vengeance is mine. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Uh, the Macaulay Culkin award, who gets the biggest boost to their career because this movie exists, Jason. Well, you mentioned that, uh, Macaulay Culkin and home alone play a big part in part of the movie. No, so, um, Macaulay yeah, Culkin's if, back. If, if you watch home alone and say, I want to see these scenes, but the rated R version. Okay. You need to come see this movie. I recently, um, I recently rewatched home alone too, and wondered how Daniel Stern's character lives through that movie. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty violent. <laughs> yes. Um, and this explains how that's possible, but how not everybody will. So, um, uh, Macaulay Colgate, um, who gets the biggest know, boost? Guess, Is it David Harbour? Stuff, but it's probably David Harbour. He's by far the, yeah. the top dog in this. He's the man. He's right behind. Oh yeah. Oh, they yeah. should have made that Hellboy movie with him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the or Rankin made it better. Yeah. The Rankin Bass lifetime achievement award. Does this have a chance to be a Christmas classic Jason? Or is it a one year? wonder? I think, I think it has a chance to be a Christmas cult classic, mm, but yeah. not, it's not going to be for everybody. Not mainstream. This, this is similar to what you guys were talking about with a Christmas story a couple of weeks ago of it's not, it's just not for everybody, but if you like it, man, you're, I, I think I'm going to watch it just about every year. Um, so, um, I think it's that good. Um, how many out of 10 wise men? <laughs> wow. That's seven more than usual. Uh, <laughs> I'd give it a, uh, I'd give it a, a eight probably. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a high rating. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll say this, Jason, you've made me excited to see it. I am actually, I actually kind of want to go see it. I knew nothing about it going into this other than David Harbour was in it. So I'm excited to see it. And, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I was ready if need be to just walk out of the theater and say, okay, I wasted 10 bucks, but no, from the very opening to the end, myself and everybody else in the theater again that wasn't a lot of people but everybody was entertained from throughout the entire movie fantastic well jason thanks for yeah. uh thanks for stopping by and hopping on the geek phone with us to fill us in about violent night absolutely i'm glad i can be your rated r expert <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come no, back that's to not again. what i am <laughs> I, I take that back i take that back <laughs> all right we'll talk to you later buddy 
We're in the studio. We're ready to talk about the main the main thing. Good afternoon. How dare you, sir? <laughs> what did you just say to me? I think what I'm supposed to say to you back is good afternoon to you, sir. <laughs> oh. That um before we even get into the movie, can we just agree that that is the best sequence of the movie? Easily. Oh my gosh. That was so stinking funny. The whole scene well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, we're here to review in our main segment here, the movie Spirited. There um, will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. So yeah, you're you're going to get all the spoilers. Spoilers? I don't always say things right. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. All the spoilers for the musical version of, I mean, it's a version of Christmas Carol. It is a... Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds version. Yes, where the uh, the little the little catch here is if we okay if we're doing the broad take on the movie, which I guess we'll go ahead and do. Uh, Will Ferrell plays the ghost of Christmas Present, and the whole tale this time where Ryan Reynolds is the Scrooge character, although his name is not Scrooge. Uh, but he's just the guy they're they're working on. They're trying to redeem, and it's told more from the angle of the ghosts. We get the we get all the inner workings of the Christmas Carol ghosts headquarters. That's an interesting take. It is. Um, and basically, I mean, I don't know how else to explain the movie broadly. It's musical, which kind of surprised me. I didn't know much about it going in the first time, and so. Um, when I started watching it, well, uh, the first half hour is weird. Did you notice the front of it is really logged with more musical numbers? Did you did you happen to catch that? Like, were you into this movie right away, or did it take you a while? Um, I mean, there were little things that I'm like, okay, I'll stay tuned in, but it wasn't like I'm sold. Yeah, for me, it picks up somewhere after the first half hour. Um, when we meet Ryan Reynolds is the great first place. Uh, first of all, his when we meet him and he does the number at the Christmas tree uh, union, whatever. <laughs> yes, that is fantastic, and we'll we'll get to that later on. Uh, but yeah, the, the I found like it was odd that it was front logged with musical numbers, and I was a little concerned. Watching it at first, thinking, man, there's way too much music in this. But then it kind of gets going, and it finds a pace. Although it is no Xanadu. (laughs) Everyone under the age of 35 is just like, what the heck is a Xanadu? 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm a little impressed that you just referenced Xanadu. How how do you know about Xanadu? Who doesn't know about Xanadu? Everyone under the age of 35. That's who. Oh, I'm 33, so theory <laughs> disproved. Xanadu was a very 80s musical starring Olivia Newton-John. Never mind. You know what? Never mind. You, you don't deserve to know. If you have, <laughs> I have to tell you, you don't deserve the Xanadu. Exactly. Uh, I feel a little, little charged up. I had some caffeine. And so I'm ready. I'm ready to get into this movie. Um, is there anything I missed in the broad take, Cody? Um, I mean, there's a lot of cameos. Like a lot of people you will be like, oh, I know you or I know your voice. A lot of, a lot of I know you people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that girl, that guy. A lot of that girls and that guys. I agree. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's, it's very fun, actually. And uh, yeah, let's do this. Let's go right to the nice list. What did we like about Spirited? Um, that it gave um, former NBA player Lauren Woods a chance to act. Oh, what? Did, who'd she play? He. Oh, he. Um, <laughs> I thought you said. I, I was thinking Lauren L A U R E N. L O L O R E N Lauren. Yeah. Um <laughs> he was the body to Tracy Morgan's voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. That so, wasn't Tracy Morgan in there. No. I mean Okay, Cody Haviland. That dude was tall. <laughs> <laughs> like I know he was. Was towering was over or something, you know? Will Farrell. I mean Will's tall. Yeah. Which right. you notice quite quickly in his romantic scenes now refresh my memory lauren woods why is that name familiar was he the guy at uh was he the guy at wake forest after tim duncan is that who it is i you're gonna have to look it up actually correct i believe i looked that up did you like that that is (sighs) he was at wake forest right after timmy d i am raising my arms up in a victory formation as covid didn't take that memory i nailed it (laughs) that was some trivia stuff right there um like demon deacons of wake forest it's kind of scary he had to follow the man tim duncan that's i feel bad for lauren but he's landed on his feet goes to christmas present future yeah good for him the big fundamental is hard to replace (laughs) the big fundamental um yeah okay good start can i say that the pointing uh the pointing gag for the ghost of christmas yet to come yeah that's nice it was that was a good gag tracy morgan as his voice as most tracy morgan things do is funny for a little while and then it gets on your nerves especially gets on my wife's nerves because i'll be like oh don't you come over here danielle rimbo <laughs> you know like i start doing a very poor impersonation and she hates it when i do that uh but yeah uh tracy morgan i like tracy morgan and yeah that's the, the gag is funny for a while and then it overstays its welcome but i don't know if that's more about my reaction to tracy morgan or i'm going to say that's more your reaction to tracy morgan because like he disappears for a mm-hmm. huge chunk of the movie so when, you you get it for a little bit and then he's gone and then it comes back at the end can we all just agree that the best usage usage of tracy morgan ever is 30 rock 
Probably. He's, he's allowed, he's more than a punchline. Like he's a character who has feelings. Like he was great in 30 Rock. Yeah. Uh, he loved his character. Naaman and Claimant. Whose name was Tracy. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, uh, what else? What, what else did you like about it? Um, honestly, I liked um, the story arc of Ryan Reynolds' character. Mm-hmm. Um, because before the end, the very end, but towards it, like... He's like, I no, I I didn't get redeemed. I'm I'm going to go back to being who I am three days from now. And it's like, at least you're honest. Yeah. Cause if there is kind of a But he was it wasn't true. It wasn't. But if there is kind of a weakness with this story of a Christmas carol, it is that like it takes a lot for people to change and usually it takes time. And so like an instantaneous change is very miraculous. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it'd be interesting to go with Scrooge in the remainder of his days in the original Christmas Carol. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause he had relapses for sure. Oh yeah. You have ups and downs, but it's like a, it's the long game, right? It is. It's the long game. And so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that part. I, I love that this movie, like, there's a version of this movie. Like, first of all, just to give you a little preview, I'm not giving this 10 out of 10 wise men or anything. No, but there's a version of this movie where they take no chances because they've got Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell and they know it's going to be okay. Yeah. But, but this movie takes chances like, and not all of them work. No, <laughs> Not all of them work, but I, at the end of the day, I got to respect it. Like, yeah, this didn't have to be a musical. It was a peculiar choice for sure. And it doesn't always work, but sometimes it really does. Like some of the numbers are great. Some of the numbers, eh, like I think it should have had about two thirds of the music it actually ends up with. Yeah. I could have got rid of a few musical numbers. A little too much. A little too much. They should have said good afternoon to a couple of those (laughs) musical numbers. But none of Octavia Spencer's. Don't you dare take any of the Queen's. Yeah. She's the queen and leave her musical numbers intact because she was amazing. She was. What what else is on your nice list? Um, Judy Dench sighting. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. That was like, uh, uh, for me, that almost got the biggest pop for me the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, look, it's Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> She's great in everything. Oh, man. and And again... Yeah, there's some great cameos in this movie that are really unexpected. Like, I don't know who I would have been, who would have been at the top of my list for like, there's no way this person will cameo in this movie, but Dame Judy Dench should have been in the top five. Oh, yeah. That was sort of amazing. Like, I could see Jimmy Fallon being, being in this movie just because him and Will Ferrell have the SNL connection. And he totally is. And he is in this movie, but like... Dame Judy Dench is not like an easy connection point. Mm, yeah. Um, on my nice list. So in the first Ryan Reynolds musical number, when we meet him, that sets a tone for this movie that I found very refreshing because um, Hollywood in general 
is very self-righteous right now. Like there's a self-righteousness and like, there's just like this, this air, this atmosphere around celebrities in general of like, Oh, things are bad in some places, but, but we're, we're doing it right. We've got the right ideas, the right, the right politics, the right, everything. One thing I love about this movie is um, the self-awareness of the people who ever wrote this, that people are worse now than ever before, because there's always, there's this overriding feeling in our culture that we're smarter, more moralistic and better than people in the past. Right. Yeah. Even people that are a hundred years ago, we want to cancel them. Uh, and this, like in that number that we're introduced to Ryan Reynolds, uh, when he's, he's going through the list and he says, people are desperate to feel good, smart, and right. I was sitting in my living room going, amen. Oh my gosh. This movie is calling us out. Preach. Oh man. It was super preaching while being entertaining. And the movie never really backs away from that. It never really loses this idea of like, oh, yeah, there's something about social media and the the internet and all these things that have produced a cocktail of awfulness in us. And so, like, it's several times it's referenced by the ghosts, like, no, we need this more than ever now. Like, the whole reason Will Ferrell wants to go after Ryan Reynolds when the their, their process singled out some hotel manager... Um, is because it wasn't a big enough ripple. They wanted to make more of an effect now more than ever because the world, well, we're kind of awful. We are. And the sad thing is, as the movie kept going, I kept connecting with Ryan Reynolds' character like, yeah, he's right. This is how we behave. Mm-hmm. And this is what we want. And this is what we do. And yeah, there's several points that, launch from ryan reynolds character yeah again in a movie that should have been really average like everything about this if you'd have told me if i knew ahead about this movie ahead of time and you'd have told me what it was gonna the general principle of what they were making i was gonna i would have said this is gonna be a very average movie but they make some really smart kind of intelligent choices but also kind of you know gutsy choices Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. So I put it on my nice list. What's what's next on yours? Um. So I will go with um. Just the the family dynamics that make Ryan Reynolds' character Clint. Um. Yeah. That. That's very realistic from a mental health standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, um, ooh, like the, the last scene that, uh, that the ghost of present shows him. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, you're slimy. But yet there's people that would do that. And I'm like, ah, this is, yeah tough to watch but yeah i'll keep watching it's cringy there's some real feels there yeah um like it made me feel not quite on this level but it was in the ballpark of uh the episode of the office uh scott's tots when he promises this group of elementary school kids that he would pay for their tuition 
and then does not and goes to the school and they have done like a musical number for him and uh he's like well here's some laptop chargers <laughs> like it's so cringy <laughs> this was cringy and so it brought about the feels yeah um yeah i agree with that i agree again but they really went for it in some case they really made some choices in this movie that i'm still kind of impressed by. slash i also kind of like his brother owen he made me laugh oh yeah 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 he he was sort of weird like very weird all the whole you know present day stuff i'm like why does he have long hair it's clearly he clearly shouldn't have long hair it was clearly a wig that guy <laughs> i didn't understand that anyways um i'm gonna dig deeper into the choices this movie makes because um it's the first half hour seems pretty standard. And then they start really getting and in, digging into some of the choices, like the segment where the kid that he's cyberbullying, and you go into the f- future. Is that the future part? Yeah. Where the kid has, uh, has committed suicide. That's what you're led to believe. Yes. Holy cow. That's dark. Yeah. I wasn't going to go there. Cause I thought that there was other segments that we were going to discuss that in but oh okay yeah no go there so what, was it not good for you like oh uh, no it, I, it was spot on that yeah so i was going to have that in kind of an elevated arena yeah I, well that i i don't I, I guess i can't go very long without talking about it because that section of the movie too, I'm just like, again, they had every right to choose to make a very milk average movie. And I respect the choices because that was a choice and that got dark. I mean, that was dark. Yep. Spoiler. What happens to Ryan Reynolds character at the end? It was dark when, um, like they were going through, uh, the niece asking him like, can you help me run my campaign and him telling her, well, we got to dig up some dirt on this kid and then you got to use it to, uh, cast some shade on him. And yeah, I, I, but yet literally it's not out of the realm of kids doing that without even having like a Ryan Reynolds in your life. Uh, That was irredeemable. Yeah. Like I was in agreement at that point. I'm like, Oh yuck. This dude, you scumbag. <laughs> Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Um, let me just talk about all the leads for a second. And I'm going to include, um, Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to include Patrick page who plays Jacob Marley. Yes. Uh, because I don't know if a lot of people know this. He's wonderful in this movie. He is an actor, but he's also a low bass singer and playwright. Um, he's been in lots of musicals, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, uh, Hades in Hades Town, which is a big musical now. At, you at say the so. I mean, this dude has won Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album, the Robert Prosky Award for Outstanding Lead Actor, and like he when he's on the screen, you know, like, Oh, this dude's a professional. Yes. Like they didn't get some jabroni off the street to right. play him. This dude's got Broadway chops. And so like, I want to single out basically, uh, the two leads, Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, Patrick page, 
and I'm going to put throw in Octavia Spencer in there as well. Please do. Almost all of the supporting cast, like the people in the background, it, they act like they're in a substandard Broadway musical made for the Apple television network. Right. Yeah. Like, but the leads are so sold out for Will, Will Ferrell. This is not a shock. What you, we've talked about Will Ferrell before. The reason he's not impressive to you, Cody it's because he's playing Will Ferrell. His acting range isn't super wide. It is not. But what made him successful is he throws himself into the part. Like it's he's good in Elf because you needed someone to not just act like an elf, thought they were an elf. He literally goes over the top yes. in everything. Yes. Because he he's like he's so good at I mean he's going to be that in that in that way and believe it he's sincere it's sincere i guess and ryan reynolds i mean i know the 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 criticism here for ryan reynolds is well he's playing ryan reynolds it's the same sort of thing with will ferrell but it's he's so like even as you're looking at me you know like this guy's horrible he's charming he's funny like he carries the movie at times oh yeah they're was a portion that I'm like, if Ryan Reynolds wasn't in this, I might be shutting it off at this yes, point. Yes, absolutely. And Octavia Spencer is just like, she's like the cherry on top of the milkshake. Yeah. Right? Like that role especially, you should have, it's it's almost like you had no hope of getting Octavia. Octavia Spencer's won an Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. You had no hope of getting an Octavia Spencer, but it was almost like you said, what if we told you you get to sing and that's something she's never done. I'm assuming like, at least I don't remember her in a musical before. That doesn't mean she hasn't, but I just don't know. And it seems like that's probably what they want her over with. And she sings and she sings beautifully. She does. Um, where some people in the musical, not as lovely of singing voices. Yeah. And she was like one, her song is like one of the most heartfelt ones. Uh, the view from here. Yeah. And they, it's, it's so heartfelt. They refrain back to it a couple times because her and uh, her and Will Ferrell's characters kind of are falling for each other. And it's a sweet little storyline, but basically while everyone in the background is in this like substandard Broadway musical, you have these leads uh, these four people we just mentioned, and I'll even throw in maybe the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. Sunita Mani. Um, they're, they're just going hard and, and it's, and, and it's sincere. And I just, I got a lot of respect for it because basically, again, there's a version of this movie. That's not very good. And this movie is somehow some way like no, one, none of us should be interested in another Christmas Carol rehash. This story has been told so many times, and yet this movie somehow, some way, made me interested in it. And that's that's a compliment. Yeah, and if I had known like a year ago when I found out that these two were going to be in a movie together, that this was another Christmas Carol movie, I would have been like, eh, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Just because, again, Will Ferrell, I've seen him. 
You've seen a few of his movies. You've seen all of his movies. <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but have you seen him with John C. Riley? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I like him, but yeah, like I, it wouldn't have been something that I would have been all sold in on. Like my wife would have had to say, "I want to watch this," and then me be like, "Okay." Ryan Reynolds is kind of like the new Burt Reynolds. One of my youth kids asked me if Ryan Reynolds was related to Burt Reynolds. <laughs> and I laughed at him and I said, no, of course not. But maybe he is because like, if you go back into the eighties, Burt Reynolds was famous again. Like, I don't know if it was, I don't know that he was some great actor. He wasn't. And he played like pretty much the same dude in every movie. But he was so darn likable. And I think Ryan Reynolds has that same quality where you're, it doesn't matter what kind of character he's playing. Like in this show, he's not a good guy. No. But he's a guy you just want to be around. Yeah. And I mean, again, I he kind of does have that like tendency to be in those roles, at least. He has a likableness that Will Ferrell doesn't have, though. Yeah, he's on a different level because what was the movie on Netflix that he did recently? The one where he goes back in time to be with his kid self and help them through an adventure. Ah, uh, gosh, that's gonna. I need to look it up. Yeah, um, I didn't watch that one. He was in Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place, The Adam Project. That would be it. So he's in Free Guy, The Adam Project, all of these movies. Red Notice also on Netflix. Um, Netflix, excuse me. They're like, must see. He's quickly approaching a guy like, I'll just watch whatever he's in because I just like him. And I, that reminds me of a Burt Reynolds in the eighties, right? The cannonball run movies in the eighties. Some of you are going to know, like some of you are going to be like, right on Dave. Some of you are going to be like, what the heck are the cannonball run movies? They were these dumb movies about a race across the United States that had a bunch of like it had a bunch of stars in it, right? Jackie Chan's in it. It just had like this weird collection of cameos and stuff like that. Was Dom DeLuise in it? Dom DeLuise is in it. Him, yes. and, him and Burt Reynolds are friends. And there's lots of scenes with them laughing together. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Saturday Night Live made fun of it where they're laughing like that. And Dom DeLuise wets himself, <laughs> played by Chris Farley, because of course. Um, there was just something about Burt Reynolds that was just super likable. And I think Ryan Reynolds has that. I think for Burt, it was his mustache. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm really at a point where I'll, I'll pretty much watch anything with Ryan Reynolds in it. Have you seen just friends? Um, it, it's a, it's a movie about like, uh, he's in high school and he's overweight. Oh he's yeah. Wearing, like yes. a fat suit and, uh, and then he loses weight and he comes back. Yes. Yes. Oh. And he's like managing a Britney Spears esque. Oh. That movie is such an under, under, and underappreciated gem. Yes. So Leah each, well, most Christmas, it's basically time, a Christmas movie. Yeah. Most Christmas time seasons in our marriage. I have seen that movie at least once. Yeah. During that Christmas period. If you haven't seen just friends, do yourself a favor and watch it. Don't, not with the kids. No, do not watch it with the kids. No. Um, 
but oh my gosh, I laughed so hard at that movie. It's one of my favorites. And at, at just any given time around my house, you might hear my wife or I just start busting out with forgiveness is more than saying, sorry, sorry, (laughs) because it's from that movie. You just have to, if you've seen it, you, you get what we're referencing there. Um, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds has attained that level for me. The music is pretty good. Some of them. Uh, I was going to say not all, not all of them. That's some of them are, are really like the good afternoon segment. That whole song segment is gold. It's written by the guy, same guy that wrote this music for greatest showman. Oh yeah. So, I mean, they, they got a real dude. Well, Apple is like Amazon. They have money and they'll throw it at anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I found that some of the, some of the songs, that one, the Christmas tree union one, where we first meet Ryan Reynolds is really good. Um, trying to think, uh, yeah, Octavia Spencer's songs are great. I thought they were great. They stick in your mind. Um, when Clint, AKA Ryan Reynolds gets redeemed, that song was good. And then twist. <laughs> um, do you have other stuff on your nice list or am I just going here? You're, you're just, just going. going. Cause like eh, the movie was the movie. I am a sucker for pop culture, loving humor, meaning throwing in lines that have to do with pop culture. And if you're geeky enough or old enough, you're going to get it lines such as, you mean like the Bill Murray movie with Bobcat Goldthwait? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. That's just, you're you're calling to me at that point. So That's my kind of, I love that kind of humor. At times, I kind of thought Owen was trying to be Bobcat Goldthwait-esque. <laughs> so. Uh, he does kind of look like him. I wonder if he was. Like, is it just an ode to Bobcat? Because we do need more Bobcat. Oh. Let me, let me tell you something. Here's a, here's an interesting story about me before my voice changed. I did, I did like, I tried to do some impersonations, but, and they're average at best. I will just say it. Uh, but before my voice changed, I was actually very, very good at two impersonations. One was Pee Wee Herman. Cause everyone needed to be good at Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. That was just a thing back in the eighties. The other one was Bobcat Goldthwait. I used to be able to do like, so there's this movie with him uh, called one crazy summer. It's sort of like uh it's so better off dead uh, was a John Cusack movie. And it's sort of like a spiritual sequel to that, even though it's not the same characters, but it's the same director, John Cusack's in it. Bobcat Goldthwait in. And it one scene in this movie, he's like, uh, let me tell you a little story about a little fat boy. No one loved, no one cared about. They used to say he had a twin brother, but he didn't look like his twin brother. And then John Cusack's like, was that little fat boy you? And you're like, uh, no, I just like to beat the room out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and anyways, I used to be able to do an impersonation of that that was really good. And then my voice changed and ruined everything. Thanks a lot. Adolescence strikes again. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. That about wraps it up. Yeah. For the nice list stuff. Let's go to the naughty list. What do you mean? Do you want me to start this? You can definitely start this. Let's have a discussion about streaming. Okay. 
You know what the problem with reviewing a movie like this is? What's that? That it's on Apple TV. And and, and not everybody has Apple TV. No, they don't. At least put it out in theaters or something. Yeah, like, so right now there is a box office famine happening around us nationwide uh that until Avatar, the next marvel movie comes out we're just up a creek well according to projections when avatar comes out <laughs> and then we have to wait for superhero movies after avatar but like literally there was the sweet spot right after uh black panther wakanda forever drops you you drop this movie in theaters probably three or four weeks after, and it gets a good run of trying to get top billing for at least three weeks until, boom, Avatar and water happens. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening for me. Do we have to review that, by the way? Is, uh, that, gonna be, have to be, is that something we're going to have to review? Probably. Should I make that a poll? On the, uh, in the group page. There's a lot of trolls. I don't know if you want to open yourself <laughs> up to it. We might need some feedback. Do we even need to make it a poll? You, We need feedback to make it a poll. <laughs> because, like, listen, I really don't want to go see Avatar The Way of Water. I am purchasing at least two tickets because my wife's like, we're going. You decide, listeners. You decide. Anyways, back to your regularly scheduled program. Um, yeah. So we live in this time when this is, should be a pretty mainstream movie. Oh yeah. This should be accessible. The problem is, is Apple TVs. What are we guessing? Fifth or sixth down the ladder for most popular streaming services. Yeah. Cause it's probably Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus, uh, Amazon prime, HBO max, then Apple TV. Yeah. I only have Apple TV because I got it free for a year through uh, my phone deal. Yeah. And then when it was time to renew for six bucks or whatever it is, Ted Lasso was on. Ted and I wasn't Lasso giving it up then. And Severance. Great yeah. show, by the way. I haven't watched Severance, but I have plans to. But yeah, like otherwise, I wouldn't even have this. And I find lots of people don't have this. But it's the only way you can watch the new Will Smith movie. Um, are, are we interested in that? I don't know. Um, as a culture, we are. Okay. Uh, every time I see a movie about the Civil War, about slavery, I'm just like, I ask myself a question. Will this be as good as Glory with Denzel Washington? And if my thought is no, which it usually is, I'm just like, why am I watching this? To be sad about how awful humanity is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like I get it. I, I studied history. I know how awful humanity is. Um, in glory for me, like Denzel and glory. I, I know I've already said this, but do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen glory, go watch glory. It's amazing. Basically watch anything. Denzel. Oh, that this was the movie where you knew glory was the movie where you knew like Denzel is wow wow that movie a crowd like a baby 
cry like a stinking baby. Happens to the best of us. <sighs> that movie was intense. Glory. We watched it in middle school. True story. It's a uh, rated R film. Who approved this? You know, it was the 80s. We didn't care as much about what, what, what our kids were watching. Like and it's they, only it's only rated R because violence. Like a dude gets his head blown off by a cannon at some point. People lose limbs. Like you see them lose limbs. I mean, you know, it, it, we saw worse. <laughs> yeah. It was the 80s. I don't know. I can't explain that. My wife was like, what? You watched that in middle school? I was like, yeah. I don't know why. We just did. Do it for the culture. Because they were like, because she was asking, what's a good Civil War movie for me to show the kids? And I was like, glory. They were, and she looked it up. She's like, it says it's rated R. It says dude's head gets blown off by cannon. Well, I don't know what Civil War flick you're going to watch. That's not going to be rated R or have disturbing depictions of people dying well it's not about the civil war but the patriot with mel gibson that one wasn't rated r was it that was like pg-13 i bet but that wasn't the civil war but it's same same diff (laughs) yeah (laughs) roughly the same era ish same kind of story i don't know what about uh i don't know yeah remember the titans they go to Gettysburg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what what didn't you like about the movie, Cody? Um, I I it had too much song and yep. dance. Like I agree. We could have, like you had said, cut out a third of the songs and maybe shorten some of the dance routines in it. Like I'm impressed with the choreography. It looked great, but at the same time, I'm like. There's some storytelling we could be doing right now and some hilarity with Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Like, it, don't waste this opportunity. It's so weird because, like, if I'm looking at Christmas movie motivation, this movie seems to go a bunch of different directions. Mm-hmm. They started off with a Christmas carol, but then there's, like, this kind of white Christmas vibe where there's yeah. a song every few minutes and... In White Christmas, it works because, you know, you got Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye, the song and dance man. Yeah, you don't have that. No, no. And so, like, while I can recognize that some of the songs are, like, the singing and the songwriting and the dancing is top notch. Yeah, there's just a little too much of it, right? Yeah. But it's weird because, like, yeah, it's like their motivations got mixed on what kind of movie they were trying to make. Like you went and got Ryan Reynolds, but you also got the guy that wrote all the songs in Greatest Showman. <laughs> that says to me you have a conflict of of mission. Although we do know Ryan Reynolds can sing, uh, being in the masked singer Japan version, was the, he or the original? Um, like he was a unicorn, I think, and the popularity of that led Fox to be like. We should make an American version. I'm going to have to YouTube that. I didn't know that was. And then when this movie's being made, him and Will Ferrell do a TikTok together. uh, And they're singing his singing because he starts off and like he nails it. And then Will Ferrell comes in with 
a high falsetto <laughs> and <laughs> it adds to it. And so, yeah, it was fun. We, we had an inkling that Will Ferrell could sing already. Oh yeah. I mean, he was doing stuff on SNL mm-hmm. uh, that required um, some singing, a lot of dancing. The scene in Elf where Jovi's in the shower singing and he starts joining in with her unbeknownst to her, the, you know, really no, eh, baby, it's cold out there. Like the way he sings in that makes you realize, Oh, okay. And he's got a heartfelt way of singing anchor (laughs) man. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, let's see the naughty list. What else is not so good in the film? It's a little long. Oh, but that, yeah. But like, that's like, again, with the music, there's maybe a little too much music. I could have cut it out about 25 minutes worth. Like, let's put it, let's compare it to the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which, by the way, uh, when we were on vacation recently, our, my family's Christmas vacation, um, that was on full rotation on Spotify, the soundtrack. Nice. The music in that is like, so this movie endeavors to be that. Like they, they got the guy from the greatest showman because they want you to be singing this and remembering these tunes, uh, but it doesn't quite get there. I was going to say, like I know, like the theme that Octavia and uh, Will were singing back and forth to each other, but like I can't tell you the lyrics yeah. to it. But I can sure tell. I can sure sing. Rain, 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 rain. Dear, 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 dear. I don't know what Christmas. Like my kids are singing that. Oh yeah. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. I could have used fifteen to thirty more minutes of, and this I could have used about thirty minutes less of. Oh yeah. Uh, so maybe comparing it to that though is not fair because Guardians. Guardian set out to just be a holiday special, not so much a full-length movie, but a traditional Christmas special. But in so doing, might actually become a holiday classic. Mm-hmm. Like, that will get rewatched. For my family, it will. Oh, yeah. And especially for, like, the families that are growing up with the MCU and uh, going to all these movies together. It's like, oh, new Christmas tradition. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. What else you got? Anything else on your naughty list? There's not, and there's not much I didn't like about the movie. It just that there were some parts that I'm like, meh. Yeah. Like it wasn't, we didn't need overtly bad. It was just there and kind of drug. I think the first 30 minutes of the movie, there's just a little too much stuff the background of the the ghosts business, right? Yeah. Which I think stems from that. They were really trying to say, Hey, this is a movie from their perspective, but I think we are just there for a little too long. Show mm-hmm. us the original scene with uh, the Karen. <laughs> yeah. And give us, give us a little bit of Will Ferrell wavering and then, yeah, go right to the Ryan Reynolds stuff. Yeah. Just a little long, little, could you use some editing? Uh, the Christ and Christmas Award. Did the movie make any references to the reason for the season? Um, yes, with a musical number. Um, unredeemable. That's what we were until Christ came <laughs> into the world and <laughs> redeemed us 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that has a lot of definitely scriptural undertones to to it and um some mental health um undertones as well like there's a lot of people especially with depression um that you get in that mindset that i am no good like there's nothing good about me there's no redeemable qualities I am the worst. And so I, I did appreciate that song and it does make good mental health and biblical connections. Yeah. From, from the very first time we meet Ryan Reynolds in that number, which I talked about a little bit about earlier about how people, how broken we are. Yeah. It's playing around with a lot of those deeper themes, but it should, because it's based on a Christmas carol. Which, you know, Charles Dickens was really writing an overtly Christian story. Yes. And that was intentional. He, I don't know why. He doesn't get the same run as C.S. Lewis and, like, Tolkien in his Christianness, But he was. He was a Christian. I'm going to say time. He doesn't do as much Christian philosophizing as C.S. Lewis does. Yeah. He's, he's purely a fiction guy. And also maybe because I don't know if Dickens was a professor, but the other two no, were. Right. Yeah. He's not a teacher. Yeah. He's he's a storyteller. Uh so yeah. Minimal, but the themes throughout are pretty heavily biblical themes. Yeah, I and say. I would also so this is going to be a major spoiler, but um so I had brought up that Ryan Reynolds' character had told Will Farrell's character, "Hey, yeah, I'm I'm not redeemed. I'm going to go back to being who I am three days from now." There was one thing I really wanted to change because it was that bad, mm-hmm. but no, I'm going to be me and do the same business I've been doing, and then. It goes to that whole, you're not promised tomorrow because Ryan Reynolds' character dies like 10 minutes later. Yep. Surprise. Spoilers. Another one of those moments where like they really went for it. Uh, Yeah, especially after like a really fun song and dance (laughs) number. (laughs) The way he goes flying too. Yeah. And, and he's like standing there and they're like, isn't someone going to do CPR? And the, and the Marley's like, well, there's, you don't really do CPR on that. Yeah. I don't even know where you begin to breathe in. <laughs> they make some very like, again, I respect the choices this movie made. There, again, there is a version of this movie that is very saccharine, very, very stale. <laughs> and they, chose almost at every turn to not go that direction. And I don't know that everything works, but it's certainly not boring. Yeah. Um, the Macaulay Culkin award, who gets the biggest boost to their career because this exists. Um, so this time I'm not going to go with the, the big names. Yeah. Although Octavia would be, um, yeah. Towards I, that. I struggled with that though, because she's won an Academy Award. I mean, oh yeah. But she, you know I mean, there's I I can list off and rattle off a lot of movies she's been in, but then at the same time I'm like, she should be in more. Um or 
even bigger and better movies, but um, I'm going to go with The Ghost of Christmas Past. Sunita Mani. Yeah. Okay, so like I was actually leaning towards her as well. Yeah, she's funny. Um, she has some romantic tension with Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> at least from her perspective. She has a real like deadpan delivery. Yes. That I, I openly laughed out loud at, especially in the planning stages where she's like, oh, oh, are we just get ignored that he's really hot. And then like finally Will Ferrell's character is like, yeah, he is really hot. <laughs> <laughs> and she like, yeah. So her character, I don't even know who that is. I don't know anything else she's been in. She's just kind of in this movie and I'm meeting her for the first time. I'm like, okay, she's got some talent. She, she could be there. Um, I'm also going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a co-word to Patrick page who uh, for many of us might not have known him at all. Uh, clearly this is an accomplished dude who plays Jacob Marley uh, just in an area that I'm not used to seeing a lot of things like, you know, in the Broadway arena and he's great. He's, he's wonderful. And every time he was on screen again, you're like, Oh, okay. This guy's super talented. This, this guy uh, is uh, refreshing to have on the screen. And I think the reason this movie isn't as terrible as it could have been is because at the important positions, they got top tier people. You got Will Ferrell, you got Ryan Reynolds to bring the funny and to bring the charm You've got Octavia Spencer, who's amazing. And then you've got Patrick Page, who's an accomplished singing uh, Broadway background guy. And you surround them with people who maybe you would have expected to see in this kind of movie. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I think, man, it makes me, I want to see the story of how this movie comes together. Yeah. Um, for my honorable mention for this award, um, Ryan Reynolds' sister, the actress that plays her, I thought uh, Carrie um, Andrea Anders. Yes, I thought that her scenes were very uh, well done. Yeah. Although usually no musical numbers around her scenes because they're more serious in nature because that's kind of what the ghosts are trying to move and budge Ryan Reynolds heart from is her scenes quite a bit. And and she is another one of these people. She, Oh, she, that girl. Yeah. She's like, I didn't know her name, but I've seen, I remember her from stuff. So she was in the the TV show, Joey, the Mm -hmm. spinoff of friends, uh, which, you know, I know I've watched that. So I would have recognized her from that. Uh, But yeah, there's a lot of things where I've seen her in and just didn't, didn't know who she was, but I remember her. So she's that lady. She's the definitely that lady. And again, yeah, with not being asked to do very much in the movie, she's asked to carry a lot of emotional weight when she's there. Mm-hmm. She's dying of cancer. Like yep. that's the point of her being in the movie is the lost, the lost sister who's uh, asking Ryan Reynolds character to take care of her daughter and Ryan Reynolds very cringily. <laughs> Passes it off yeah. to the brother that oh, no one would man. like ask to raise their kid. Um, the Rankin Bass Lifetime Achievement Award. Will this ever be a Christmas classic, Cody? No, unless you are a Ryan Reynolds or Will Ferrell diehard fan. 
Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to say no too. for me. There's no repeatability here. Yeah. So my wife, I, I watched it, finished it today and she walked in during the last like 25 minutes of it. And she's like, do I need to watch this movie? And I'm like, uh, you can if you want, but please do it when I'm gone. <laughs> Wouldn't be the worst two hours of your life. Yeah. That's all. That's what I can say about it. Like it's good. It's a good time when you're in it, but I don't ever like, first of all, the Christmas Carol area is a crowded field. Uh, Muppets did it. Maybe yeah, the best, right? <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol Scrooged. Like beyond that, I don't need to watch three different movies of basically the same story. Even Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yeah. I, I just don't like, Hey, sorry. I, I can only, I only have so much in me in Christmas for the Christmas Carol story. So I got to pick and choose. And while I found this an entertaining diversion to me, there's just not, there's not a lot of repeatability in this. So I don't know for yeah. me. I'm, 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 it's not a Christmas classic. How many out of 10 wise men are you giving it? Six. I'm being generous this season. I think that's, yeah, I think it's fair. I'm going to give it a six too. Uh, years past. It might've been like a three or four, but <laughs> you're feeling all in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. I'm in the giving mood. Yeah. Okay. All right. Tell us what you think on our social media, where we have posted this uh, episode of the podcast. Tell us if you liked it, what you liked, what you didn't like, and uh, let us know. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, if you haven't already, subscribe and follow the pod. Rate and review us. That always helps uh, get our visibility up as well. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. 